Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, I'm going to introduce you to Ross Baxter. When, if you're looking at this and you're here with me live, you're looking at his art station. Um, we're going to flip back and forth uh, between a couple of different things. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm, like you, Ross, excited because I'm talking to someone who's who's doing what I'm doing. You run a yeah. podcast. Yeah, definitely. I do, so, um, I do, I do a podcast called Student Art Podcast. Yeah. So why don't we start? We're going to start uh, talk about that. But um, there's a, a big thing that we like to deal with here is um, talk from the student perspective, which you have the student art podcast. So it's like right up your alley. Um, cool. But you're a, a game artist. And um, I know there are some restrictions in terms of what we can talk about in terms of what we do, but maybe you could just kind of give me a little bit of your background. Is that within? Yeah, 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 of course. That's not going okay. to. Um, so I've been doing some, uh, yeah, I'm Ross, I'm 24. Uh, I've been doing 3D for six years, but mm -hmm. it's been a passion of, um, like I've always wanted to get into art. Um, well, it's been nine years since I kind of found, how can I say it, found the world of trying to get into 3D and trying to get into film and games, um, etc. Mm -hmm. And I was always wondering, um, right, how do I do this and so forth? And the thing that actually got me into the the whole world of games and the whole world of film was actually Tintin and uh, so listening to Peter Jackson and Steven Spielberg's uh, version of Tintin like instantly when I saw that I was so excited like I was just like seeing the breakdown of how they did special effects and that just kind of got everything kind of going for me and like so I'm in Scotland and uh, when I was uh, growing up through secondary school I was I was very fortunate in the sense that in our school we have um, we had all the like, kind of main software in secondary school, which is obviously very rare. And so I was uh, introduced to 3ds Max, or I came across it at 14. And obviously, when you, when you come across such a powerful software, it's such an awesome opportunity to to learn and to dive into uh, making awesome art and stuff. But that's that's where everything kind of kicked off for me um, in terms of secondary school, as in getting introduced to Tintin and it was also like Harry Potter as well. Like everyone who listens to my podcast, they they will listen to uh, me always talking about Harry Potter nonstop. Hence the art station as well. Um, it's one of my favorite things. I could talk about Harry Potter twenty four seven if you want me to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've been doing um, like my main thing is sculpting. Um, so I love ZBrush. ZBrush is literally the greatest invention of all mankind. Um, I could do it forever, twenty four seven. You name it, and. Uh, I've always kind of gone, how can I say it? I always like to kind of aim for like a cinematic uh, uh, sort of render. Um, obviously, like I work in games and stuff, but I've always kind of, um, like I value both areas. Um, I really love film and I really love games. And yeah, like um, art kind of, um, how can I say it? Um, the more I obviously got into it, um, obviously the more I came to uh, getting introduced to new software, etc. And mm -hmm. When it came to me, the I guess the interesting thing for me was the fact that um, I moved around all the time. So I literally moved like 10, like 12 times or something in the last like six, seven years, give or take. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, always trying to find like how to get to the next step because here in Scotland the education system was very how can I say it? obviously like there's great courses and stuff like um, I love the courses I went to like univ- uh, that, the, the university I went to called Aberty um, absolutely amazing course um, but I didn't start there I started in in college so I made, uh, made my way through obviously the different courses to get where I wanted to go and like that's the beauty of it like everyone has a different path of you know what I mean yeah but uh yeah um when it comes to like um how could I say it like that coming into the podcast uh in terms of my sure podcast and um, obviously that happened later on down the line but yeah my, my whole kind of um how can I say it career has always been um so I first started in actually doing architecture stuff um so I got my first job when I was 17 uh, working for a company called Mintra and it's an oil company uh, in a city called Aberdeen and um, I was doing kind of like 3D modeling for them learning the basics doing props etc you name it and then they kind of then kind of threw me into the deep end in such an awesome way they were like you know what we actually uh, like what you're doing here can you make us a, the whole building that we're actually working in and I was like hell yeah definitely <laughs> if, I, if I get the opportunity to obviously grow my skills and improve um, uh, that just, I, I guess it kind of helped me get more confidence um, I learned so much more I learned um, how to get a bit of a taster of the industry even though it wasn't games or film yet it kind of introduced me into the world of 3D and that was when I was in Aberdeen so I did a, a course called the HNC um, obviously degrees and courses are different wherever you are but mm-hmm. I did a thing called 3D computer animation and uh, it was a really nice opportunity and once I once I finished that I then moved to um, a city called Edinburgh, uh, where I'm actually uh, at the moment, and um, I did a thing called H&D, so like the next step up. And whilst I was going through that kind of, um, kind of the ladder, um, so to speak, and like just taking off all the different grades I needed to get in order to get into university. Um, obviously, I was developing my portfolio, etc. I was slowly getting introduced to ZBrush. Um, I started out in Max. Um, but then made a transition over into Maya, and uh, the actual main reason for that was uh, I took part in a Disney course. It was uh, called Animation Mentor, because like that was the great thing as well. Is like uh, there was so many twists and turns on my path. It wasn't just like I went straight into university. Um, like for example, the guests you've had on in your podcast, like that's the one thing I've always valued the most. And um, I'm sure you're aware, obviously, is like that's the thing that we're all like here to listen to. If that makes sense, it's like. Is the different paths like nothing's ever like one simple way there's always different ways to get your way into the industry break in and that's the beauty of it as well let's uh let's start talking about that a little bit so you've done a lot of things your job now is or the area that you're in um just mm-hmm. to be more generic is environment arts right uh yeah okay all right so um so that's what you do professionally uh you also run the podcast what made you start a podcast so um I've always wanted to, how can I say it? So I've always been um, confident speaking and uh, I always enjoy helping people. And I've always had this, uh, this, it's crazy. It's like my whole life's kind of based around Harry Potter as as crazy as it seems, but I've always wanted to build Hogwarts and uh, one day make a school and teach one day, do that in Scotland. And I always was wondering, well, how could I get my voice heard? And the one thing my family always tells me is like, Ross, by gosh, can you talk? <laughs> And I'm like, right, okay, let the conversation start. And um, the only way you ever get anywhere is simply by giving it a go. And um, I started off my literally first episode just myself, talking about 
the just the obvious kind of kickstarters for conversation which is simply just right finding confidence finding basic motivation how to get things done um how to give people the right mindset to um cope with failures etc and then i was slowly kind of um thinking right how do we kind of kind of build an audience but most importantly how do we support the students and i was like well let's start off with getting a lecturer on board so literally my first guest was a lecturer and uh, he actually came back on the podcast uh for episode 53 uh, last week mm-hmm. um and it was, it was it was just crazy I've, uh, so I'm on i've done 55 episodes now i've been going for a year now and i've got well it's quite ambitious but my goal is to trying to get to 100 episodes by the end of december i have no idea how i'm going to achieve it but we'll, we'll figure it we'll figure it out um but i always felt that um even though i loved my education and i was um i felt i was spoiled for choice in regards to i felt i was i was lucky in terms of getting taught by great teachers however i was always aware though that so many people weren't getting the information that they needed mm-hmm. um in terms of obviously getting into the industry because mm-hmm. Um, there's always been that kind of separation or how can I say, like I always kind of say, maybe it's a harsh number, but like five years behind in terms of up to date with trends and stuff in terms of maybe, I don't know, PBR workflows, you name it. And right. there was all these questions students were asking um, or saying, oh, I never got taught this. And, um, or they'll be like, why am I not getting hired? And it's, this was the reason why I did the podcast because I wanted to literally get every student question answered as much as I could. And I think I've nailed, well, I think I've kind of covered all the main ones with all the guests that I've uh, brought on, et cetera, in terms of I've really tried to dive into the guest story in regards to whether they live in, et cetera. For example, I had a really great guest from India, um, Amanpreet, an uh, awesome guy. He was telling me what his life was like in India and what education is over there. And then, for example, I had um, Tim Simpson, and Tim Simpson would tell me about what his career was like. And the great thing about Tim's story was that his was from uh, like a non-educational background. He did most of his on, uh, on his own. And this is like all the answers that I wanted to kind of get more out there, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the kind of main kind of overall reasoning behind it. I just wanted to kind of help people more and really kind of just get things that I think is actually so obvious, but I don't know why people are like kind of struggling to just get the information out. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's um, a lot of valuable information. Like for example, your podcast, um, like all the content you do is amazing. And uh, it's just down to obviously reaching more and more people and sharing all that knowledge that you do and what all these other content creators are doing. It's, it's another day. My goal has always just been simply to help people. Did you start the podcast before or after you had your, you got into the industry? Um, before so um i started it so I, literally a year today so um so i got into the industry uh two years after i finished university mm-hmm. and um i i always wanted to kind of uh, obviously try and develop a brand and stuff but i wanted to develop a yeah. brand around my name in a way that i felt was right and most importantly uh, was based around my long-term dream um yeah. i've always kind of always felt um always focused on uh as cliche as it sounds but it's always literally just i want to build build hogwarts i want to um one day obviously have my own studio teach and stuff help people get involved uh spread the knowledge as much as i can and um that was my way of kind of uh kind of get myself out there 
I love that. Um, do you think other artists are aware of the importance of this idea of, of, of brand? Let me just call brand because there's a couple of things I want to talk about around that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously I, I've been in the industry, you know, 12 plus years at this point, brand has been something that's been uh, on my mind. Yeah. You were focused on brand. Do you think that's something other students do? I think they don't. I think they're too scared. Um, Why are they scared? I so well. This this is a bit of an interesting one, and I love this question um, because I think it's down to so obviously people have their kind of typical cliche opinion of what makes an artist or what an artist's background is like. So my background is all sport. So I come back. My whole family is literally all sport orientated. So I was literally just doing sport my whole life. Like I wasn't introduced to art. Like I did sketching and stuff growing up and that, but I was always kind of getting involved, talking all the time. Um, I did a thing called Boys Brigade growing up. So basically it's like scouts and basically it's like getting your badges and um, doing orienteering and um, doing church work, doing camping, doing sports and stuff. And all these things I did growing up based off literally the support from my dad um, always gave me the confidence to realize that my name had value. And the thing I've always realized, um, well, I'm not, obviously I know everyone has their own opinion, but a lot of artists are very judgmental of their work. And that's the thing, I'm the very op opposite. Like, um, obviously I want to make good art and I get that, but the focus I always think should obviously just be simply having fun. And I, th I think so many people forget that. And then that then applies to the concept of brand because Obviously, you guys, um, everyone who's tuning in and so forth, um, you want to make people to like your work. But that's the thing. You should want people to like you. Like, obviously, your art comes in time, and that takes practice. And But it's your name that is the most important. And that's why it's, like, reputation. Like, just make sure you're nice to people. It's the, it's the small things. And I think the typical gamer kind of, um, or artist kind of, um, how can I say it? Like people always say, oh, they're quite shy. They're quite, I guess, um, is it introvert or the opposite? What's the, what's the one? Introvert. It's one of those, introvert. And um, I guess it would be kind of great. Well, I, I've seen a lot of growth. Like that's the main thing that I've really liked. And mm -hmm. I've also realized that a lot of people have been doing more podcasts. And that's awesome to see. Like people are branching out. They're doing their thing. They're trying to get more involved. But I think once people realize to kind of take a step back and just go, you know what, I'm just making art for the sake of art. Therefore, like obviously your brand's important than that, but you should always focus on having fun first. And then obviously the more enjoyment you have, the, your brand naturally gets better because the quality is there, because of the, the, the patience is there, the passion is there. And like, I'm a very patient person. Like there's no rush to get anywhere. Like um, I always used to rush. And then I realized um, you should just simply take a step at a time and and that's um, obviously we all have our ways of getting place to place, but I always focus instead of obviously like it's great to have long term goals, absolutely amazing. It's good to have them. Um, that's why I have like my Harry Potter stuff. I have my Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. However, I approach things at a day by day mentality, and the reason why I do that is simply because like it's it's just nice to relax and have fun, and um, that then comes across in my podcast and my brand because. I simply just like, for example, when I'm talking to people on my podcast, I'm like, like I'm a very energetic person, so I just start geeking out when someone says something. I'm like, and uh, sometimes people get shocked because they're like, wow, this guy's really passionate about 3D. I'm like, you just made something so cool, ZBrush. Let's talk about ZBrush. And uh, 
I'll just start geeking out about that. And that's just who I am. Like I just love seeing people kind of kind of opening up and just being themselves and just just geeking out about art. Mm-hmm. And that comes across in your, your brand and stuff and like making your name. Like obviously you can be a great artist. Like that's like that's awesome. You can work on your craft for as long as you want. And as long as you're having fun, that's okay. Like you don't have to be a um obviously confidence is great, but you don't have to publish your work all the time it just makes it harder in terms of maybe um the job stuff if um like maybe you're really good at art but if you don't um i guess um publish your work um let's say art station for example um or just anything social media then it's going to be harder for you to kind of get noticed and then that kind of goes back to the the main question of uh what you're asking yourself all the time which is like why is no one hiring me and sometimes like you can i guess there's an obvious one that i think everyone always says is like sometimes people get hired and you'll be like how did they get hired and then you realize wait that person's just been asking questions sharing their work all the time like they may be a worse art- artist than you but because they focused on the brand side of things and acknowledging that it is also an industry as well then that's how they got that extra step ahead if that all makes sense <laughs> It does actually. It echoes a couple of things that we've heard. Um, Kubisi, I remember he was talking about how uh, at one point he realized that this kind of strong inner critic judgment uh, trying to be perfect was holding him back. And mm-hmm. he made a commitment to just produce work, produce work, produce work, and yep. to post and to be out there and just put himself out there in all the forms. And within a year, his entire like everything changed. Yep. And he had his, you know, he had his pick of offerings, whereas before he was struggling to get a visa and all this different stuff. And it was just, you know, life was hard, much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And I want to put a pin in it. One of the things that was really important, I think, that you said was um, a lot of us want people to like our work. And that creates some strong pressure and expectation. Yep. Um, whereas what we really want them to do is to like us. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is uh, this is such an underrated idea because ultimately when you go in for the interviews, if they had a choice between two people, one of them was superior technically and even aesthetically, um, and one that was you know good, but they just loved talking to this person, mm-hmm. we all know who they're going to hire, right? Yeah, of course. The one that they like talking to, the one that they like, because you're going to be in an environment with a bunch of other people. And you can always, I mean, you always have a hired hand. You can always hire that other person for a special thing, get them in for three days, get them out the door. But you don't want to be living with them. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's like, that's the thing. It's um, like, like, for example, I know there's like so many people, um, like, for example, all of you listening right now, I guarantee you, like, we all have our stressful moments. Like, for example, I've had my fair share of stressful moments, but my main thing is that you always have to be honest with yourself and acknowledge um, that it's okay to have uh, failures and weaknesses. And like, that was the thing. Like, I used to be so afraid of failure because um, my honors project, so my final year of uni was called the fear of failure. That was what I based my honors project on about because mm-hmm. like, I was literally so afraid of it um, because all I cared about was... Um, like I have high respect for my dad in terms of like my dad literally made sure that to it can still the right work ethic, but he also made sure to always have fun and stuff. And I always made sure that like I wanted to kind of give back. So I was always having um, 
like in the back of my mind, I need to work hard, I need to work hard. But then I forgot about the most obvious thing. And that's the reason why you're doing it in the first place. And it's just having a, having fun. And then, for example, like, like going back to the point that, that we're discussing, which is simply that um, like you want people to like you for who you are. And but in order for you, you to be liked is simply just the most obvious thing. Just be yourself. Um, and I understand that some like sometimes we go through states um, of emotions, etc. Whether you're moving or starting something fresh, like I get it, we all have that, and it's sometimes it can be really daunting. It is quite um, um, a scary, um, like if you maybe you move country, like a bunch of my friends have just moved country to uh, work in Canada. Awesome mm-hmm. opportunity, but it's also quite daunting. So like sometimes like you'll get the odd message saying, "Oh, this is quite I don't know, quite, there's so much to learn, etc." But it just takes in time, and that's why. I always kind of stick with um, the three kind of main kind of pillars, patience, um, having fun and being honest. And if you focus on those three things, uh, life will be great. As, and it, you might be like, oh, that's cheesy and that. But no, trust me, it's those three things that kind of make life so much more smoother. When I'm looking at your work here, um, mm-hmm. I don't mean this to come across the wrong way and I have somewhere where I'm going. It's with this. not a problem at all. <laughs> I, don't Say whatever you want. Lot. I don't see a lot of work. Yep. So talk to me about that because I think that speaks to one of the things that a student is worrying about. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I got to have a lot of work. I got to do all this, and so it leads them to do a lot of half-assed jobs. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about you know your portfolio, uh, how this fits in um, to you, the fact that you're a professional, what people should, how people should be thinking about their portfolio. Okay, awesome. Great question. Um, so when it comes to portfolio, so it goes back to, I guess, um, so once again, going back to the concept of uh, simply doing a piece of art because you want to do that piece of art. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the hardest thing, or I think it's the thing that people, um, like people always think they have to impress someone, whereas like you should yeah. be focusing on impressing yourself first because if you're not enjoying making the art, it's like, well, what's the point of making it? And like, that's the hardest, hardest hurdle to go over. If you can s- simply focus on um, choosing art that you want to make. So, for example, my work. Um, so, I love making sci-fi stuff, and I and I'm obsessed about ornate work. Ornate thing is my favorite thing to do. Um, so, ornate sculpting, and then uh, sci-fi. Um, for example, my train piece is my latest piece. Um, I'm working on a bunch of others. Uh, pro- it's it's funny because it's like um, I'm working on four projects now, like four massive projects. So my portfolio mm-hmm. is going to be like way bigger. But um, I don't know, like scale, scale has always been in my head and of all the things I've been, uh, all the people I've talked to is overrated, I feel. I think too many people value range. In, like, well, I, sorry, that's a bad point there. Don't don't listen to that. Range is good, uh, but it's, I guess, like people always think they have to rush it or they have to get so much content on their art station. For example, you have some people who have, I don't know, 20 images, whereas sometimes it only takes one image to get you a job. And so if you focus on, like, for example, my train piece, I focused on that for seven months and um, it was great. And um, I got what I wanted out of it. And that was simply to make an image that I wanted to create. Like my, jo- like obviously you strive to get a job and you aim for a job. Like that's your, that's your focal point. However, the main thing is if you focus on simply trying to aim for the standard of work that you're trying to achieve, things will fall and things will happen. Like that's the same thing that applies to anything is it's, it's, a, it's quite an obvious thing, but I think a lot of people are scared to admit it, or it's, it's most importantly scared to accept it. And it's 
like for example like the, the the other pieces i've done like my like my favorite personal piece is actually my chair piece um mm. and my throne piece and the one with the, the actual rest of the throne not just the chair um but uh, and i did that purely just because i wanted the sculpt and um i wanted to sculpt something from harry potter that uh, symbolized the heirs of the reigns to lord voldemort and kind of bringing in the concept of immortality and his his um, biggest fear which is actually death and hence why he's going after all these amazing horcruxes and well not amazing because obviously it's, it's, a, it's a scary world he lives in but it's like I'm just I'm just there sculpting I'm like I'm just geeking about Harry Potter I'm making an art piece and because I'm making it so much and I'm so passionate about it the quality improves so much so if you saw my previous sculpts you'd be like what if was this guy doing? This guy can't sculpt. And but because I took the time, like I never, I never think about time, um, in terms of like how long it took. I focus on purely on right. Did I get the quality? And then naturally through time, obviously I get better. And that's where the patient thing comes back into play. And um, once again, when it comes to like the Martian piece, uh, that was actually for um, so it was a really cool opportunity in uh our university Aberté. Uh, for a mentoring uh, project, uh, no, a mentoring uh, kind of scheme with Axis Animation. Mm -hmm. And basically, Axis was offering Aberté students the chance. So there'd be like two environment artists, one concept artist, and they would be pick, uh, chosen out of a selection of submissions and to be taught basically uh, by Axis. Um, the reason why I didn't get accepted for that was actually because on my fourth year, I did a crazy decision. Um, I decided to switch to character art. For the year because i felt at the time uh, i wanted to do character art um, but for that submission i made this martian piece mm -hmm. and uh, the reason why i did this was simply because uh sci-fi once again i i love cinematics i really love short movies and um the martian movie was just oh i loved it um something so small just like pretty much a movie based around a potato you, you can't beat it um it was so nice and um Obviously, there's a lot of things in there that maybe should be improved in that, but I learned so much doing that project. And um, all these pieces on my art station kind of um, highlight just things that I want to make. Like, I don't I don't really prioritize what studios want. I, I get it. Obviously, we all want a job, and I understand it's important. But I prefer making and showcasing the exact work that I want to make so I get eventually what I want out of it, if that makes sense. It does. And I want to, um, there's a couple of things to unpack there. Um, one of them is this idea of the of fun versus failure, right? Because mm -hmm. I get that you're emphasizing fun and um, and the, ne the necessity to kind of really just personally connect with your work. Because yeah. yeah. if you're not, you know, that's its own special form of hell, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but if I want to get better, if I'm worried that I'm not getting better, if I'm all uh, all by myself, let's say, and uh, and I don't even know if I'm better, and I don't know what's wrong, yeah. and how to fix that, um, how do I? How do you? Or what do you suggest people do, or, or how to think about that um, when fun's not like when it's no longer fun? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when the going gets tough, how do you get through it? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um. So. When it comes to struggle, this is um, always kind of so. For example, uh, going back to I guess um, so. Obviously, the the main I guess relation to everyone is I guess everyone who's tuning in, like say if you're a student, 
and when you're going through students um, times you have obviously lots of deadlines etc mm -hmm. um, the this is when I think you have to think long term so this is when long term uh, is the important part and this is where you have to find the healthy balance between um, taking it a step at a time and then also thinking right I've got a passion that I want and I'm not going to let anyone uh, take it away from me uh, and that's the mentality I've always had and I understand that there's a lot of people who maybe struggle in that side of things whether it's um, maybe they're not that confident in themselves maybe they put themselves down um, there's a lots of different things we all have different lives um, and my thing has always been um, like I know I've been quite repetitive when I say this but trust me patience goes such a long way and being just uh, relentless like you just have to go after it and you'll hear it like so many times like literally like all my favorite kind of people who've inspired me over the years um in terms of people who have made massive changes not even just artists but it's people who've just simply not stopped or not given up and um, mm -hmm. one of my um like one of my like i'm very kind of um like i said sport orientated so my kind of mentality is very kind of um i wouldn't say like i always want to win but uh, um, I've kind of, uh, kind of, I've kind of switched my mentality from that. I've, I've, I just want to get what I want, if that makes sense, um, but get it in, a, in the right way. Um, and um, the main thing I've always done is I've always surrounded myself by the right people. Um, and when there's been people around me that I feel I don't want to get involved in, or I feel are going to be somehow uh, harmful to maybe uh, my career or whatever, um, I just, I just avoid it. I, I've, I've always um, prioritized. Um, like a healthy balance, and uh, but also realize that um, I have my dream, and I I want to go after it. And uh, the only sometimes the only way for you to get it and fulfill it is simply by not stopping. And like obviously, uh, working hard is important and stuff. Um, like you have to you have to go after. It. Like people say it all the time, and like you'll see all the time in student education. There's there's a very few people that get into the industry or in terms or like very few people that make it to the end of the course, and it's sometimes um, maybe they've not been surrounded by the right people or maybe they've not had that extra bit of encouragement, and you it's 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 hard sometimes to create uh, to develop your mindset, but you just have to kind of um, do it step at a time, do it small habits. Don't always think right. I need need to learn this now. Do it literally as right how am i going to get better today um same thing applies to the gym so when i started going to the gym i did it once a week and same thing applies to art focus on one thing once a week and get into a habit consistently for once a week and then once you've got consistent for one day start bring it to two days and same thing applies to the mentality side of things the more you slowly you, you don't have to jump straight into it because sometimes that can be a bit of a shock and um, sometimes it can be too much for people and um, things just then spin against you and uh, you end up maybe not knowing what to do and also when it comes to the mentality thing learn to like I can't believe I've not even said this on the podcast like the most important thing ask questions it's the most thing it's the thing I preach every single podcast and um, the more you ask questions um, the better you will be and I am the biggest culprit of everyone who's ever taught me they'll be like damn Ross never stops asking me questions <laughs> I'm like I'm so sorry but I, I just want to know <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the only way you learn and um, that applies to the mentality thing so if you have someone you think is a friend or maybe a family member or um, maybe I don't know a guidance teacher or a lecturer and um, someone who can maybe help give you a wee bit of advice to help 
and put you in the right direction. And that's how, does, does that answer your question or is that, I'm not sure, <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, that takes us right into the next one, which is, was there someone who really supported you in your journey? Oh, definitely. Um, so my dad, um, yeah. my dad is like, uh, like I know a lot of people say, oh, like their parents are the best or whatever. Or like, like my dad has been, oh gosh, uh, he's done so much for me. It's unbelievable. Like when you have a person who literally sacrifices everything, like you, li like when I was uh, living uh, back home, like just out of habit. I understand it's the just the I guess just being a parent. Simply, they obviously want to do do the best for your, your kids, etc. But my dad would always. Like say if I like if I literally just put a wrapper down, he'd literally pick it up straight away. Like you, you do anything. Like I, like I wouldn't even ask for it. He'd just naturally do like everything. And when I was growing up, um, so I used to go play basketball at six in the morning, um, before school started. So I'd always uh, do basketball and then shower in school and then get on with my studies. Um, but I would never be allowed to leave the car until my dad would say, "Right, Ross, listen, work hard. Don't let anyone distract you." and have fun and my dad would literally say that every single day for like the six years of my secondary school and it's like sometimes like I get it like some people um maybe aren't that fortunate maybe having somebody around them but I always had my dad and it was the same thing when it came to sports Um, I learned the, like the hardest thing Um, it, it was actually till I was 19 that I only learned uh, to accept this and um, was um I was like the most competitive person. Like I, I never saw anyone, or I never thought anyone could be more competitive than me. And then my dad was like making sure to like drill in, right, Ross, you're gonna have to be like learn how to be humble, learn how to respect people, learn how to be patient, learn how to accept that you're going to make mistakes. And um, like that was the thing. Like growing up, my dad would always be uh, like he would be proud, like he would be happy when I was uh, doing well in that, but he would never like give me an ego. If you know what I mean, like he would make sure that. He'd like keep me grounded mm -hmm. and make and made sure that I was always on the right path. Cause like uh, the one thing like I've um, like I have nothing against this, but so I, I've I've never drunk. Like I don't drink. I've never drunk alcohol and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I've always um, I I don't know. It's just the way my dad brought me up. He was just uh, he was always getting me involved in events, getting me involved in uh, things to keep me um, on a good path, and. Like it was those small things that went such a long way and because it was just naturally ingrained in me over so many years of doing it um i guess i always made sure like i could i just got the right habits if that makes sense yeah and yeah it was it was, it was always my dad's but um in terms of art um oh that's right oh that's gonna be an interesting one so in terms of art so I, oh, i've been blessed i've been taught by so many great people um so I'm trying to think who to start with. Um, so there's been one uh, one main person, uh, Pat Imre. Um, Pat is uh, has been he's he's at Double Negative, uh, down in London, and he's helped me over the years uh, a lot. And once again, um, being surrounded by great people, getting taught by great lecturers, um, Fraser McLean, um, one of uh, the original uh, animators and artists from Disney. Um, I stepped. Uh, I came across his path uh, when I when I got into um, Edinburgh, and then once again, uh, it was mainly my lectures. Of you know, I mean, like obviously, like um, how can I say? Like I have like my favorite. Um, how can I say it? 
my my favorite um artists and stuff but my dad was always my kind of drive that kept me going if that makes sense yeah. and um yeah but yeah <laughs> my dad i'm very passionate about my dad he's done a lot for me let's shift gears i want to talk about um environment art because i it's a passion of mine i'm more mm -hmm. character you know from all my zbrush days yep. but um it's a passion of mine because it's probably one of the most dynamic areas of game art right now mm -hmm. um what are let's see so there's a there's there's one thing that's kind of been a big part of what we deal with inside of our boot camp over at game art institute uh there's the prop workflow, which is kind of the character artist workflow. It's all kind of the same. It's high res, low res, texture, render, right? Yep. Um, but when we get into environment, that changes, you know, because there's trim sheets, something Tim mm -hmm. Simpson has been promoting quite a bit, which is great. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, there's procedural. Then there's also the fact that materials actually now, what we used to do in ZBrush in terms of like a brick wall, that's just, you never sculpt that. That's not modeling anymore it's just yep. texture so materials are actually now partly taking over the modeling job so to speak um so saying that um what do you think people need to focus on what if i'm an aspiring game artist and i'm tending towards environments what do i need to focus on oh okay uh when it comes to environments i would always focus on so this once this this applies to everything, and I think mm -hmm. it's the one thing that, um, I, I don't know why people still under undervalue it. It's uh, like it, I think it's a very mixed opinion, especially like even on the podcasts or like it'll be great to hear what you thought. Oh, I, then again, I already know. I think I know your answer. Uh, of all the videos I've watched of yours, um, is like life drawing, etc. Uh, and like the small just drawing. Like I understand that obviously, if you don't want to draw, you don't need to draw. Like um, I'm not a great, I, I'm not a expert at drawing, but I like to kind of appreciate form. I like to appreciate like just your primary shapes, etc., and like your secondary and tertiary, you name it. And it's breaking down the small things. So there's so many environment artists, um, like even me, like for a lot of my art, like I'm still like I'm, I've got miles to go, but I, like there's so much learning, and that's that's the beauty of it. Um, but it's the small things that I think people have to kind of really start valuing and it's like the observation and getting out more instead of being stuck looking at the internet for reference go out and actually explore uh, realize what's surrounding you on a daily basis and understanding how things work why they're the way they are how materials look and understanding is like why does does it why does it have that reflection why does it react like that and um, why is it that color and um, all these like small questions and um, like i don't think a lot of students maybe um i guess really think about like they, they i think too many students think these days about um just making something cool like i get that like i love the, the idea of making something cool but they get tunnel vision right yeah definitely and, and forget to to source it yep um one of my teachers uh recently christina cordova uh referred to mm -hmm. this as um craft making sure that you get that you come back to the craft of it yeah, um, and connect with the craft of it, as opposed to just getting into the execution and, you know, all of the details. So in terms of the craft of environment arts, like, do you have some examples or something that you think um, really helps distinguish somebody today? Because there's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a competitive industry, right? 
Mm-hmm. So what do you mean... distinguish somebody? Oh, right, okay. Uh, what distinguishes them? Um, right, so th- this right, this is, this is a, a good question. I'm trying to think, uh, what's the best way for me to answer this? So I think... So do you mean in terms of like, so how to stand out, basically? Yeah, you know, because um, it's easy for us to say software. So go learn mm-hmm. Substance, go learn Houdini. Yep. I'll be the first one to say go do procedural. I mean, I'm yep. I'm talking a lot about procedural nowadays. But, it, you know, that's not, it's not like, hey, I learned procedural. They're not going to give yep. you a job. Definitely. <laughs> it has to uh, manifest in some in some form. Yeah. Like, I would say this goes back to, um, like, the old masters, like, the whole, just the concept like people have to remember you're making art uh, it's the word art that mm-hmm. values not the word 3d not the word 2d it's the word art and um, you're wanting to make an image that make that is appealing that tells a story that has a meaning and um, you're not wanting like obviously it's great to learn tools and stuff and it's great to uh learn something new and explore into um i don't know a a, a new modifier and a new material that i don't know duplicates multiple times or I don't know interacts with uh, physics etc however if the actual image has uh, no meaning has no kind of purpose or story um, and appreciation of the fundamentals and the core value of simply just um, appreciating like the beauty of art like that's the thing is like um, a lot of uh, my favorite artists are actually uh, for example John Howe and Alan Lee mm-hmm. um, so my kind of uh, um, so my favorite, one of my favorite studios is um, Weta Digital, and um, but it's purely based off uh, what John and Alan did in the Lord of the Rings, and you can, it's, just, it's it's the same like for example when you're making your art and stuff, and when like when you're sculpting and doing your stuff, you can just tell that you're just like like you're zoned in to making the art and focusing on just making something look really good and uh, appreciating the actual doing of the actual work. Like you're not thinking. Um, like obviously, I understand that like, you'll be like thinking of like maybe how a clay, I don't know, improves like its stability, etc. But it's like you're not obsessing about it. Um, you're focusing on simply like if it's a character, you're focusing on um, appreciating the, the 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 how amazing anatomy is and how really good form and silhouette. Um, just can you can really go into like a really nice design and execute something really well. And it's that that that's the main thing I think people forget. It's the fact that you should be enjoying the art and making a good uh, a good image something that means something something that has value and because all the technical stuff that comes in time and like i, I get it um it's great to say right maybe i don't know i can do marvelous designer like that's awesome so you can do something with cloth and um, i can i'm good at um substance designer and um, because obviously that's what a lot of things are going that way um and painter and and so forth like that's great but that and the day tools can be taught, but the actual art that takes a lot of practice. Like that's the thing that I think studios appreciate the most. Hmm. <laughs> what was your thoughts on that? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Nice. I think. Uh, yeah, it's super important to remember um, that you're creating an image at the end of the yeah. day, and that they're hiring you. Not because you know substance. Like there's a, a thing that we talk about, and I have this um, business uh, coaching program that I'm in, and they mm-hmm. talk about um, customer problems. And what the the uh, example they give is, is that um, uh, people don't want. What is it that they say? Um, if when they talk about, 
hammer and nails. What's the customer problem for uh, for for like a hammer company? And uh, and I'm going to screw this up because my I'm just can't not remembering it correctly. It's okay. When, it's a when people um, think about like say buying a hammer, do they want to really buy a hammer? Is that what mm -hmm. they really want, or is what they want a hole in their wall, so that mm -hmm. they can you know hang their painting on it? Or what do they really want is is they want to hang their painting. So if you look at the customer problem, which I think is something that artists don't think about, what is it, what is it that you're solving? Because you're going to yeah. be paid to do a job. So what is it that you're solving? And so if we're thinking like this, um, maybe you have an opportunity to invent an entirely new hammer that doesn't put a hole in the wall, doesn't look like a hammer, but it still allows some allow somebody to do what they want, which is hang a painting. Yep. And that's where I think people get too focused on the technical of, oh, I know substance designer. Well, it's just a hammer. What yep. does your customer want you to do? And your customer is the studio. Mm -hmm. They want you oh, to make beautiful agree. art. Like so, uh, yeah. Oh, no, honey, go. I was going to say, so where, what source or how do we connect with that? Um, you mentioned two people. Yep. So like uh, like John Howe and Alan Lee, as in like what do you mean like, like what's your question? Sorry. Where do you get your inspiration, your visual inspiration? Ah right, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, so obviously like um like I have a lot of artists uh, that I am really passionate about. Um for example, like John like like John Howe's my favorite artist like of all time. Like I've just always been like I love dragons. I love uh, um Art Nouveau. I love his style, and it's, it's the same with um uh alan lee what he was um, able to achieve and uh their design of a smog like i also have like a passion for like animals and stuff mm -hmm. but um i just i've just loved their work and uh particularly the environments they made on the hobbit uh some of the like, greatest things i've ever seen like especially bayon's uh bayon's um house um such a nice piece it's pretty much like a um so in the it's in the second hobbit and it's um, all these um, carvings and um, um, of like Norse mythology, mm -hmm. really awesome, really awesome uh, uh, pieces of work. And it's his appreciation of uh, not only just like good design and that, but it's like the focus on telling the story behind um, uh, the ravens and like it's all these awesome pieces. And then like my other type of passion as well is um, it's a is an artist called Gurmuk Basson. I, I, I really apologize if I'm butchering his name, but um, he was working at Star Citizen for. He was he was also in the Nomen Talks. Oh, uh, he was also, yeah. That's how you put it. Oh, yeah, he ran a class. Is, we ran a uh, class together. Yeah, he, he's so good. Um, and the reason why I like uh, his artwork so much mm -hmm. is his kind of um, his thought process on how to make art. And he has he comes from an architectural background, mm -hmm. and his sort of um, the way he creates things. Um, obviously, he makes a lot of different things, but it's his thought process. So when he's doing his talks in Nomen and his uh, when he was making the Vanguard, basically he was talking about right everything had a purpose. Like the shapes weren't just shapes for the sake of shapes. Mm -hmm. um, everything had its form, it had its function, and. That was also like the other side of things that I that I value the most. It's giving something reason, and making like obviously it's nice to break the rules now and again. That's what makes it fun. Like obviously you need to experiment, uh, try something new, 
But um, those are like the artists that I've always um, uh, always really just just loved. Um, trying to think, who else do have always been? Well, but if I, you don't, I'd say they're the main main, main ones. Yeah. Okay, if you don't mind, I would um, I'd love to put you on the spot and uh, see if you can help me with a problem that students have. Okay. Um, I look at this beautiful artwork. I'm inspired by this beautiful art artwork. I'm mm-hmm. looking at uh, let's we can take any of these, but let's take um, this. And Ooh, nice I'm one. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I love this. I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm like, well, you know, I can I can try this. I start. I walk down the path. Six months later, I'm ready to jump out of a window, and the only thing I've done is maybe some rocks. Mm-hmm. How do you approach the creation of some of something like this? And feel free to include the fact that you just don't tackle all of this, because one of the things I like to emphasize to students is that environment artists work in teams, mm-hmm. not solo. Um, you know, and so if this was actually a game asset or game. No, I shouldn't say asset, but game assets. There would be like there'd be a ton of people on this. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about this. You've got an artist, a student, somebody's listening to your podcast, and they um, are get they're they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab something from John Howe or Alan Lee. Mm-hmm. But what what do I do next? Right. Okay. Uh, so how to make a piece? Um, yeah. So. The biggest thing when it comes to this, like this also applies to the whole kind of portfolio question as well, is yeah. first of all, is it the piece, well, I, I guess it's a kind of a two-parter. So if it's if it's for portfolio, then the obvious one is, is this piece something that I'm definitely going to kind of be passionate about? If mm-hmm. it's for industry, then you have to realize, right, so I've got a job to do, how do I get it done? And um, sometimes um, maybe this piece isn't the piece that maybe isn't something that you might enjoy, but you also realize that you're going to obviously have to maybe learn something new and a bunch of questions are going to get raised and you're going to have to be like, right, how do I problem solve? How do I get around this piece to get the job done? Mm-hmm. And simply step at a time. And that's why I literally do things day at a time. And so start you know, off with block out, et cetera. And this is the most important part, I feel, of everything. Um, and it's what I'm doing on my current series on YouTube. Um, I'm doing a large uh, scale environment piece. I'm doing uh, like four four massive uh, environments, and there there's so much going on the concepts. Like for example, take this concept on screen as well. Like mm-hmm. there's the stairs going up. Um, there's um, well, so then again, it's all it's, it's all basic shapes. Like that's the thing I think a lot of people get terrified. They they forget the fact that images are actually all really basic. I know that's quite um, a bold statement to say. But it's when you start realizing that, right, so we've got an arch. That's a nice cylinder. Just get that blocked out. You've got your cylinders going down away for the pillars. And you've got your basic block outs for um, cubes going around to create the rocks, etc. before you obviously even think about sculpting. And you can use, I don't know, you can even in 3ds max or maya create the stairs and um, however you want it whether you want to um, generate them because i know they have the tools or mm-hmm. you just manually model them uh, model them uh, just the polygon way yeah. and you take it slowly step at a time uh, break the image down and um, sometimes if you're working in well this is what i do um, i don't know why i said sometimes but um, what i do when i'm working in 3d is the bottom left viewport of every project that i do is the camera and i never change it and the reason why um, it's always the camera is because that's my main uh, uh, my main source. Um, the other thing I like to do is a lot of people get really caught up on what tools they have at home. 
such as, oh, I've got three monitors. Well, hey, that's awesome. But you only need one monitor to do the job. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is when I'm working on a piece of art, like a lot of people might find it strange when they're watching my live streams. Half of my screen is 3ds Max, and the other half is the image. And the reason why um, I, I want to kind of signify the, um, the importance of this um, is when you're doing life drawing, uh, you're observing based off like that second of a glance when you're um, raising your arm out to get the measurements, etc. And it's like that small amount of judgment that makes it closer to the actual image that you're looking for, I believe, based on all the learning I've done and what I've been taught. And so I always have half a screen um, of the concept that I'm working on. Um, and then when I'm going to the camera, I can then check the camera in 3ds Max, get the um, the orientation correct, get the field of view, or get the small settings that I need to get the basic job done. And then I go back into my usual viewport perspective and start blocking things out. And I spend so much time in the block out because if you get the block out wrong, the whole thing kind of falls short. And um, like that's the thing. Like I know we all want to dive into the details. Like that's the that's the fun part. Like going crazy in ZBrush, like sculpting like every sort of I don't know, say you're sculpting on a rock, like going every single edge where I don't know, just going into all the nitty gritty bits. Like that's beautiful to do. It's such a blast. But it's gonna all look wrong if you forget about the small things. And um, that's what I've I I I just wish most student education prioritized. <laughs> the the basics for a much longer period of time because like i get it uh um how can i say it people want to do uh, i don't know learn complicated stuff that makes it look better but things only look better if you've got the basics right um so once i've got the block out done so i've filled out everything i'm uh then kind of ask myself right do i want to like how am i going to approach this like obviously there's many software. Um, am I skilled in ZBrush? So do I do my high poly first? Do I do my low poly first? Um, so obviously do my high poly sculpt uh, in ZBrush and then uh, make my low poly as well. Um, I normally use, um, gosh, I completely forgot. What do I use for my low poly? Um, it's the one that draws, uh, pretty much just drawing dots. I haven't done it in ages. Um, and you can obviously do it manually as well if you want to do it in 3ds max or whatever take or you can just uh like just that's the thing is like the tools you get very caught up in like there's lots of different ways of creating things but i'll do my high poly do my low poly um for the rocks etc block them out and then take it from there i literally do things step at a time like there's nothing i think everyone always looks for like a secret ingredient but there's no like kind of uh Kind of like when it comes to my artwork it's always just being patient at the end of the day and uh realizing that um take a step at a time break the image down as much as possible and think of it as, as simple as possible got it great um is there something that you have learned from all of these what 50 or on 54 55 is there um is there not something is there one thing that you've learned that you think's really made a difference in your career from all these artists? From talking to all these, um, to, to all the guests, uh, what have I learned the most? Um, from one specific. One Pacific. Ooh, that's a, that's, ooh, that's, that's a good question, that one. <laughs> I was not expecting that one, man. Uh, I've been Sorry. put on the spot. This is the, this is the pressure one. Ooh. Right. <laughs> The, the lights are on me. What's what's going to happen next? Um, <laughs> let's think. Um, so, 
Fraser McLean, uh, what's uh, was uh, what was one of the names I said earlier who uh-huh. has taught me a lot, um, and I've known the guy for many years. Um, he worked on like the classics. He worked. He was one of the main artists on Tarzan, and when it came to um, what he always said is that it was always kind of focusing on the appreciation of just the basics. And I guess it was just like his kind of just simple passion of just enjoying art. Like so many people over the years, I guess, like they put so much value on, I guess, wanting to get a certain job. And I, and I get that. I understand like we all have our, we all have our dreams in that, but, of like the way he kind of described art was like he was just making art because he wanted to make art and that and that's how I've always approached um like my mentality like at the day like you want to be having fun and like I understand I, I may come across as like I'm trying to be very philosophical but it's just it's it's just the way I've been taught it's just like I like to always focus on like having like just the right mindset and just enjoying the moment mm-hmm. um in terms of like uh, I'm trying to think who else. Like I've I've had a lot of great guests and um I'm trying to think who else is there's so many names there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's interesting to look back, right? And you, oh, it, I it definitely really do all of this. Yeah, I I never really thought of it that way. It's like um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, let's we're think. we're actually at episode 100 now in terms of what I've done. We awesome. we're, even, we're nice. actually we're cycling through all of the rest of them right now. Um, that's amazing it's, it's crazy to look back now and see all those people i've talked to and yeah you know it's pretty amazing uh it's amazing how much people share yeah i, like, I think that's underestimated is how how open everybody is in this industry mm-hmm. but that's also like obviously it's, it's the beauty of it and it's the, i think it's the fact that um i don't know it's like when you're talking to a person about their story you're obviously you're able to to connect to them more. You're 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 able to relate to them more, and and the day we're, we're all human, and like that's what I was saying earlier about the like when I've had my moments of like we all have ups and downs and stuff, and all these people that I've talked to on this on 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 my journey of podcasts etc., all of them have gone through different experiences. All of them have had um really um difficult times some of them have had um easier than others um some of some of them were just in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and it's like that's the thing it's like everyone always, is always looking for answers and sometimes there's no like just one way and but that's also like the beauty of it because like for example like like i said um everyone on my on my podcast so far they're they're from around the world like they're, they're people from everywhere and everyone has um a different uh path to take um different they've done it different ways like i i understand like a lot of people like for example when i'm streaming people are like right how do i definitely get into the industry well that's the thing sometimes it's just down to going with the flow with things and i understand that's not a um probably like the best answer but it's like it's realizing that it's, it's just a time thing and it's it, it will come uh, things happen if you put in the work and um once again but going back to the early topics we talked about like branding like appreciate yourself appreciate the value of your name appreciate what you do and once you realize that like you'll do just fine like you'll do amazing awesome all right there's two more directions i want to go real quick and then um if you guys have questions make sure that you ask them um but do you mind talking about 
setting up a podcast and what's involved in that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, cool. What do you what do you <coughs> use to distribute yours? Um, so when it comes to uh, my podcast, they they actually just been bought over by Spotify. Um, so I started off with Anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anchor is so the only thing about Anchor though is it's purely um, um in terms of actually kind of uh, making like income and stuff for it. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to go down Anchor way, um, I would only go down Anchor if you're in America, um, because it's not a global thing yet. Um, but I went down Anchor, um, purely because of the fact that it helped me reach more people. Right. Um. So Anchor was this app in which um basically accessed all of the platforms available for podcasts. So yeah, we use um, I, It's so good. It's amazing. Yep. It's it's on. It's literally eleven. I think it's eleven platforms, or that's nine or eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm on eleven platforms for my podcasts. Um, so I'm on like Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Like all these things come purely by distribution through this podcast. Okay. And the the thing is, is like anyone can have a podcast that so you don't have to have a name. You don't have to have like years of experience because like that's the one thing I also um, actually would like to bring up is that everyone has a part to play. Everyone has something to say. Like um, obviously we have our debates and like certain things obviously uh, like have there, there's facts as well. Like there, there is facts. It's just part of life. Like there's rights and wrong. But Anyone can start. You don't have to be uh, in industry. I I didn't. I wasn't in in, in the industry when I started. I simply just had an ambition to uh, find answers and to help people. And if you think you're uh, comfortable and confident, um, and you want to um, start, um, I guess talking about something, e- even if it's not art, even if it's I don't know something, uh, sport or cooking, dancing, you name it, whatever you feel that you enjoy. Uh, give it a go try it and uh you never know you might be a natural you might love it because I, I love doing it and i love listening to podcasts mm. uh, are you still on anchor or i think you said you moved oh no i'm still on anchor and um, so okay. Sp- spotify uh, literally bought them i think two weeks ago what? Um, I literally yeah they literally um i got this message uh, saying by the way uh we've just been bought over so uh, make sure to check the rights again i was like okay <laughs> I was like, okay, I better go double check, um, okay. which which was a bit of an interesting one because it was like, wait, you're distribu- distributing everything on Spotify and you've just been bought over by Spotify. <laughs> nice. So uh, an interesting move by Spotify. It was a good move though because it, it makes sense. It's kind of that kind of uh, how can I say it? The the big uh, the big uh, companies buying over the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I found Anchor to be. I mean, there's probably. Uh, if you're not using Anchor, I don't even know what the hell I would use. It's you, it gets into a much crazier system. Yeah. Um, but Anchor is just so easy. And plus, uh, if our um, podcast guy, because we actually have somebody who edits podcasts, um, if they okay. don't do that, then we always have intro, outro within the library um, to just assemble these things on the fly too. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's so it's so cool because it was so it was my friend. Uh, uh, one of my friends uh, who lives in America, he introduced me to it. He, he does YouTube. He's uh, does animation uh, mm-hmm. a YouTube channel, and he was like, "Ross, distribute on this, and you'll be fine." And I was like, "Perfect." So, um, like Ryan just said, there, like, it's an awesome. Like, you literally can just say, um, "Hi, I'm Ross Baxter. Welcome to my podcast," and it instantly records it, and you just press play, and people can listen to it live. You can even ask questions. You can be like, "Right, tune into my podcast and ask all your questions." 
um, in the comments below or check my link and it'll instantly record it and it's literally like one click it's so nice what do you use to record or um yeah i guess to record the sessions with the artists Oh, I, I literally um, I, I'm super old school. You're gonna, you're probably gonna give me a right when I say this because everyone, everyone, all, all my guests have been like, "How dare you use Skype?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, but if it if it works and it's not broken, I'm gonna use it. Yeah, I'm very, I'll, like, I better not say. I was about to say my email. Uh, I use a very old email, just just so you put, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm very yeah. old school that way. <laughs> Fair but, enough. When it comes, if it, if it ain't broken, just just use it. It's like as long as it does the job, like that's the main thing. And like that's that's when it comes to like the whole kind of software thing. Is like software is so like like I love all the software, but it's so overrated. Like the whole discussion about it. It's like it's like I get it. Like it's like like the whole debate right now. People are like, do I use Blender? Do I use Blender? I'm like, you can use whatever you want as long as you're making good art and you're having fun. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, that's an overrated thing. I mean, I uh, as a software guy. You know, I, I'm at yeah. I'm at odds on that because I helped uh, develop software, um, yeah. but at the same time, the good software tries to remove itself from the equation, and that's um, one of the things I think Pixelogic did really well is they just removed themselves from it as much as possible and just made it another hand. Yep, ZBrush, best thing ever in invented. So, <laughs> nice. thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> uh, the uh, last question I like to ask. I don't see any questions pop through right there no last question i'd like to ask um mm -hmm. it's easy for us to get locked into you know do i have enough skill do i have enough talent you know whatnot so in terms of your career where you are and, and having got the job and been through all of this um do you think it's talent work or luck or some combination of um so I would say it's obviously a lot like all of them play their part uh, one way or another. However, um, like I always think work ethic at the end of the day and doing the job is the thing that just it, like work ethic never lies. Um, that's the way I describe it. Like it's the most honest thing. Um, obviously there's the question that you can raise of are you working smart? Are you working the right way? Are you learning the right way? Like that's the only kind of main question I think comes into play there. Um, like, like um, I had the unhealthy kind of, uh, like I used to work far too long, unhealthy hours, doing like the whole sort of all-nighter idea. Completely disagree with that. I've learned my from my mistakes from that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like I, as, as frustrating as it may sound, it, it just goes back to like the patience thing. It's like you just have to focus on the goal and realizing that it will happen eventually. And um, as once again, going back to that branding uh, discussion that we talked about as long as you're um getting feedback and getting your work out there so you can get the feedback that you need and um, if you don't know the answer um then you like you'll be like you'll be fine um and then day it's the quality that you're aiming for it's not the quantity um like that's why i thought your portfolio question was an amazing question because like like that that's what i was saying as well like sometimes it's just one image that can make it make or break um uh, your career so if I was to like kind of like summarize everything in a nutshell, I would simply focus on just make one image beautiful and make it as appealing as you can. I try to achieve um, like if it's film that you're going down the line, if it's games, like if it is film, think about how to implement um, your design into an actual camera a shot. So interacting like that's one of the main ones I've heard all the time. 
mm-hmm. um, through my guests from film. Uh, and if you can do that, then you've nailed the thing that they want. And it only takes the one thing. Like, I understand some people say, oh, it's good to have range in that, but it depends on the role. It depends on the studio. That's why there's no kind of final answer to a lot of these things. And that's why I will say, however, if you focus on one thing and just make it really good, you've got, you're putting yourself in a good position. And uh, that's, that's, that's what I would say for that question. Great. You guys have heard me say it. Now I have backup. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Ross, man. Thank you so much for being in here. And thanks guys for joining us. Anytime. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, Absolutely. So you guys know where to find them. You can just Google student art podcast, not art student podcast, but student art podcast. And uh, that'll take you right there. Perfect. All right. Good. Alistair just subscribed. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks Ross. Thank you once again. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.